Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post. Next up, we're revisiting a conversation I had with the legend in comedy and theater, David Allen Greer, who spent four seasons on the iconic TV show, In Living Color, and has appeared in classics like Boomerang, Jumanji, and A Different World. Coming up, I talked to David about winning a Tony Award, his experiences on In Living Color, and what it was like for him growing up in our hometown, the 313 Detroit City. Up next, David Allen Greer. Let's go. Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post, a show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything in between. Download the podcast, leave a five-star rating. This week, we're bringing you a throwback, some of that good old-fashioned soul food. A conversation I had with the great David Allen Greer. At the time we recorded this interview in 2021, I literally just gotten back from Doha, Qatar to get a preview of the preparations they were doing for the World Cup. And with this being Thanksgiving, I would like to share how thankful I am to be going back to Doha, Qatar, Qatar. I'm going back to Doha, Qatar, in my LL, <laughs> to be a part of the events. And I'm so very excited. I'm going to see Team USA play against Iran. We're going to see Spain play against Argentina. Look real closely at the TV. You might see me. I decided a few years ago that I needed to be more international. Yes, I'm always in Detroit, Miami, Atlanta, New York, and Los Angeles but I need some more stamps in my passport. I need more time on an airplane to watch movies, to sleep, to travel, to explore. This trip is gonna give me that opportunity and I'm so very grateful. And my next guest is somebody that I'm grateful to have as a friend. David Allen Greer is a comedy legend who always finds a way to keep the audience laughing. Coming up, we'll look back at a discussion I had with David about growing up in Detroit, being friends with the legendary iconic Aretha Franklin and our hometown's undefeated black squirrels. Yeah, I said it. Up next, David Allen Greer. Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post, a show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything in between. Our next guest is a legend. David Allen Greer has had iconic roles in movies and TV shows such as Boomerang, 
in living color, Jumanji, and the Carmichael Show. He's a successful stand-up comedian, every late night show's favorite guest, and this year, my brother won a Tony Award for the best feature actor to play in his role as Waters in a soldier's play. It's an honor, my brother, to have you on the program. Please welcome David Allen Greer to the show. How you doing? I've been a big fan of yours. You know how we kick it. Dean uh, and Jacoby is my goat. It's my must. It is my everyday diet. So love you guys. First of all, before we kick off, I need to interview you, brother. You <laughs> From the Middle East? Yes, I did. I did, man. Little kid from Detroit, gotten a chance to go over there. And it was incredible to just learn about a new culture. You know, like being from Michigan, we're exposed to the to the Muslim and the Arab culture because that's a primary uh, home here in Detroit. So it was a great opportunity. You know that Dearborn, I don't know if it's current, at one time had the highest... I think it was, was it the Iraqi American community, the largest community in the country in Detroit. And what happened in the 90s is the sons and daughters of these immigrants, it was Detroit. So the kids got into hip hop, yet all of these classically trained Iraqi musicians who were their parents, their uncles, their aunts had flooded in and migrated to that area. And it was a strange mix. It was Detroit had its own sound. It was like it wasn't house. It was jungle house, uh, Middle Eastern flavored craziness. It was wild. That's what I was going to ask you. What was it like growing up in Detroit for you? And did you always know you wanted to act? To act? Well, first of all, I, I, I'm going to say I'm a generation before you about I'm 65. So I grew up in the 60s. Mm-hmm. I grew up prime Motown era. Um, You know, I thought Detroit was next to New York or Paris. I mean, we had everything. We had the car industry. We had the hottest, the baddest uh, music coming out of Detroit. Um, We used to go to the Motown Review, WCHB, all of that. And uh, experiencing as a kid, uh, I just bought uh, a vintage poster from the 1963 March, um, Martin Luther King Jr. It was called The Walk to Freedom. And I found a vintage poster. You know, my whole family marched that day. So those were my memories of Detroit. Of course, tinged with that was the riot in 67 and the city going through turmoil. And, but that's my home, you know, sticking with it. I always came back and tried to give back to my alma mater, Cass Tech. And I went to University of Michigan and mostly the people, the people haven't changed. You know, the bricks, the martyr may be shiny, it may be rusty, but at the heart of the cities, the people, they're always there, so. Absolutely. And for you, like, um, you, your career has spanned 40 mm-hmm. years. I can't believe you say that right, again. Right. Like 40 years, brother, you've been on Broadway, done comedy, done television shows. Like, like, you're a legend. Like, have you always been funny? Did you have to study improv? Bro, I'll put it like this. I hate when Black folks say this. You know, I've been acting my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> but Schultz Elementary School, Mrs. Van Otten, I must have been in fourth grade. 
I was a mess, man. She kicked me out. Now, you know, a class period is 40 minutes. I remember this one day she kicked me out 40. No, she kicked me out four times. So that's one every 10 minutes. She let me back in and I would just start acting stupid. Now, this was a time where people, our teachers, we would get paddled, hit, hit you upside the head, smack you. Miss Van Ott never hit me. She never put hands on me because I think she liked me, but she couldn't stand me. I'd be having kids laughing and stuff. So it was natural progression if you really think about it. I was and by the clown. way, like you being a class clown snowballed into you being a part of the iconic living wow. color. Like wow. that to me, uh, for, for the history of comedy and skits, and creativity and like so many collection, a collection of very talented human beings that like everything you guys have done has been cherry picked from that show. And so what are some of your favorite memories of the show? And what was it like taping that show with the Wayans? Well, family? you know, I met Keenan and Damon. I heard about the, the, uh, the family through Robert Townsend. Robert Townsend and I were in Soldier's Story, the movie, and he and I shared a honey wagon. It was like this little mobile dressing room. So the first day I met him, and Robert and I's connection, like he's like one of those dudes, you meet him, and it was like we'd known each other forever. We were instant best friends. And he was telling all these jokes. He just had me rolling and crying. I'd never seen anybody as brilliantly funny. And I was like, oh my God. So halfway through that first day, he said, actually, those are my boys' jokes. I said, who's your boy? He said, Damon Wayans. He was doing Mo Money, Mo Money. He was doing all that. Antoine, you know, Robert was doing all that. And then he started talking about Keenan. I said, well, who's Keenan? He said, that was was his brother. And how they were going to start this movie company. And they had scripts. And they had all kinds of stuff. He said, man, when you come out to L.A., I was living in Detroit. I mean, in New York, man. He said, we want you to be down. And I was like, these dudes are crazy. So that's really how I met the Wayans. So when I came into that pilot season, I met Kim, I met Damon, I met Keenan. By the way, Damon always had kids. <laughs> <laughs> I was always like, I was like, dude, who are your kids? He said, man, I'm not sure. <laughs> Back then, he looked like Marlon. He was real skinny. He was real skinny. Dang was real skinny. And I saw these dudes. So we would hang out. I was not a comic then. Man. You know, back then, my dream was to, I wanted to be a doctor on TV, you know, a lawyer on like, you know, when those lawyers shows. Leroy, come here. Can you make this case? Yes, I'll do. Mr. Rose, have a seat. You right. know, that was my thing. But he Get said, syndicated beyond forever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah man. But, but Keenan sat me down. He said, Man, nobody knows how funny you are. I want you to do this show, man. And my agents didn't want me to do it. They were like, hey, why do you want to be on a show with a bunch of other black folks, this crabs in the bill? No, we're not going to do this. And so I auditioned that year for, it must have been 30 pilots, mm. all kind of stuff. I didn't get none of them. So finally, at the end of the year, I went back to my agents and I just said, oh, we're going to make this deal. Because I knew all my friends were on In Living Color. You know, they're like, but you're not going to make any money. And, you know, all this stuff. I said, I don't care. I want you to make this deal. So I was still in New York. We, we did the pilot. And um, that's my dog. And that's really what happened. And I went back because the pilot was done a year before we got picked up. And we were waiting. And uh, before the pilot, I had gone back 
to New York and I'd said no three times. I just said no. And Kim Wayans called me and she, she, it was like an intervention, a pep talk, everything. She said, this is the wrong decision. You are making a wrong turn in your life. You got to come and do this show. And she talked me into it. And I finally said yes. And that changed everything. It really did. 